Welcome to A Life Designed. My name is Tina Heisman. I help women who are struggling with the overwhelm of trying to balance being a wife, mother, and career woman. When they work with me, they discover how to design their life so they can live in alignment with their priorities. The topic of today's podcast is why you shouldn't help your husband solve his problems. But before we get started, I have something for you that is marriage-related. It's a free guide called Three Simple Things You Can Do to Speak to Your Man's Heart Today. I will put the link in the episode description for you to download it. I would also like to invite you to my private Facebook group where you can come to get positive inspiration for your life. Search A Life Designed in the Facebook search bar and you will find me. Now let's dive in and talk about why you shouldn't help your husband solve his problems. It is so tempting, isn't it, though? It's so tempting to help them solve their problems, to want to try to help them. It's probably something that happens from time to time. Your husband comes home from work and maybe he's frustrated about a situation that's happening at work and you have a great idea for how he should handle it. Or maybe you've encountered that I, that problem before and you know how to handle it. And so you want to give him your advice and your wisdom. And so you share it with him. And then my guess is his response might be either of anger or frustration or saying you don't really understand or maybe just even kind of ignoring it or walking away. But it's not the reception that you were looking for. You were thinking you were giving him something good and it's hard to understand like why they don't respond well until you know why they don't respond well because that is what you need to know. When we give our husband advice on how to handle his problems, the message he hears is that we think he is not capable of figuring it out on his own. It honestly hurts them deeply. I have talked about this on the podcast before, and you might remember, there's a Christian author, Shanti Feldhand. She's also a social researcher, and she discovered that there's a series of questions that haunt our husbands. Those questions are, am I able? Do I measure up? Am I any good at what I do? When they were surveyed, between 75 and 85% of men said these questions are circulating in their minds most of the time. What our husbands deeply want is for us to think they are rock stars. And they need to know that we are their biggest cheerleaders and that we believe they can handle any problem that comes their way. This is vitally important. And so when we offer suggestions to our husband's problems, we're actually doing more harm than good to our relationship. We're actually hurting the intimacy in our relationship. It would really be better for us just to tell them that sucks, right? Like that sounds like that sucks, but I believe in you. I know you'll figure it out, right? But that's hard to do. And so I want to share with you a little story about one time when I handled this well. I do handle it well sometimes, not always, but here's a time that I handled it well. And I just want to share the story with you to help you see how it could play out and how you can use this yourself at your house. 
because it might not be work that's bothering him. It could be something else that's going on in his life. But so there was a time where I could tell my husband was frustrated when he came home from work and I asked him what was bothering him and he shared with me the situation that he was frustrated about. So what I did while he was sharing his story was that I stopped what I was doing, probably making dinner. I stopped what I was doing to actively listen. And then I just expressed my understanding and like, you know, compassion of like how frustrating that must be. be. Like, wow, that, that must be really frustrating. Then I left it at that. That was so hard for me because especially in that story, you guys, I totally had judgment around the situation. Like with that story that he told me, I personally thought that he was the one that was wrong. And I figured that he wasn't in a good place to see that he was wrong. And I felt like in that instance, he just wanted easy answers and for everyone to agree with him, right, at work. And he, it seemed like he felt like everyone was making things harder than they needed to be. And he just wanted to do what he wanted to do. I think in this situation, he was frustrated that people weren't just going along with him. Now, I want you to notice all of these thoughts I just shared with you are my judgmental thoughts. Just as he's talking to me, this is the negativity that's happening in my brain. But I didn't let any of it out of my mouth, for one, out of respect for him, but for two, because who's to say that I'm really correct, right? All I'm hearing is is his one side of the story. And so I held those thoughts captive, And I want you to see how powerful holding our thoughts captive can work and can be. It can be the most powerful thing that you do in your marriage. I don't know about you, but for me, I have had to learn that everything that my mind thinks does not need to come out of my mouth. That's like a mantra for me, right? Everything that my mind thinks does not need to come out of my mouth. So in the past, I would have probably shared my opinion or pushed him to talk about it more, you know, tell him what I thought he would do. And I would have definitely been frustrated that he was crabby. And I might have even let his crabbiness infect me, which, you know, that really stinks when that happens, right? Because now then you're both frustrated and that's not fun. And, and so then it does kind of transfer some of his frustration to me because he was frustrated with work, but now I've said something to frustrate him and he's just frustrated with everybody. So it really doesn't help. Like if we think about our job as a spouse, it's to be supportive and not create more stress. And now here's the thing. I want, I'm going to keep going in my story. So stay with me here on this, right? Because I can hear your questions. I can hear them. <laughs> What I want to say is that I have learned so much on my marriage journey that in this particular instance, I decided to support him by just letting him lead the way for telling his story and for the rest of the evening and whatever he wanted to do with those emotions. I did not take on his crabbiness as my own. And it wasn't like he was completely unbearable. He was just crabby, you know, and he wasn't taking it out on us, thankfully. He was just kind of simmering inside. And so that was fine. And then as we were going to bed that night, I thought about bringing it up, like to let him talk it out a bit, because I'm not sure if you guys know this, but men are more comfortable talking sometimes when they're not looking us right in the eyes. It's very, it's very like powerful 
for them. And so if you want to open up communication with your husband, sometimes it's good to wait until you're maybe laying down in bed in the the dark at night where they don't have to look in your eyes or you could go take a walk where you're walking side by side outside. And so I thought about doing that, like, should I bring it up and talk about it again? But then I just thought better of it. I was like, you know what? I know he's exhausted and I don't know if anything productive is going to come out of it if I if I bring it up again, right? Like, why Why would I really be doing that right now? What would really be the benefit of it? And I just didn't see any in that exact moment. And so instead, I just prayed for him. And I prayed that God would grant him the wisdom to see the situation with fresh eyes in the morning. Sometimes we just need to go to sleep, you know, right? Are you with me on that? And so that's all I did. That's how I approached solving the problem. Just honoring my husband, listening, being present, being supportive, being loving, praying for him. And then the next morning, I actually, this is a little private, but I woke him up early for some intimate time together. And, you know, that's kind of something you might have to do if you have teenagers in your house who stay up later than you do at night, which, goodness, my thing, mine, times have certainly changed in our house with that. Our kids are definitely up later than us. But anyway, I digress. So we get up in the morning and we then we go outside and we have some coffee and the sun is rising. It's like beautiful. The weather's pretty. The birds are chirping and they're coming to the bird feeder and the skies were just so beautiful and flowers are blooming. You know, it was just it was just beautiful. So we sipped on our coffee. I was praying and he was working on the computer. And then a few minutes later, um, I noticed that he was working like the way he was working on his computer I kind of just thought to myself maybe he's um working on his little problem and and he was and so a little bit later that morning I noticed that his mood was more happy and more hopeful and I asked him you know how he was doing and he said he was doing really good and that he had found some solutions online to his problem got some ideas and he had already taken that morning several action steps toward like getting things going back in the right direction and then he said I just he said yesterday I just couldn't deal with it I was too burned out that made me so happy that I kept my mouth shut then you know like I I wouldn't have helped anything it would have made it more frustrating I'm sure he still would have found his solutions in the morning but then he would have just had one more person to be frustrated with right and so that was awesome like I'm like I'm so excited for you that's great and then he was even in such a good mood he offered to drive one of my children to school and I thought that was awesome and amazing and of course yes I will take that help any day and so I just wanted to share that with you because I think that a lot of us make that mistake where we want to push them to talk about what's bothering them and give them advice and then everybody's crabby and we take it all personally and it's just, it's not necessarily the way we need to go about it. And so I hope you can take from this that just honoring your husband, listening, being supportive and letting him solve his own problems is the best possible route. Now, before I let you go, there's just one little teeny part of the story I want to touch back on, and that's the part where I mentioned about spending some intimate time in the morning. Um, and I just want you to know that that was by design as well. I know that culture tells us that that sex for a man is primarily just like a physical desire, but there is research that proves otherwise, that it's really a deeply emotional experience for them, and it's 
really important that they know that we desire them. It gives them confidence actually in every other area of their life. You know, it speaks to their heart and it tells them that they're enough and that we want to be with them, right? And I want you to think about this. Like your husband has a rough day at work and he's feeling down and frustrated, but there you are. You are strong and supportive and even desiring him when he feels like the rest of the world is against him. Like that is powerful stuff, isn't it? So keep that in your back pocket for someday in the future. So that's my extra tip for today. All right, on that note, I think that's enough for today. (laughs) And I know also that working on our relationships is easier said than done. So if you would like to work with a coach, reach out to me. I have some tools to help you along in your journey, and I would really love to work with you. So thank you so much for listening in, and let me know if you have any specific questions. And remember to download your free guide about three simple steps to speak to your man's heart today. The link is in the episode description. I'll talk to you later.